the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Wet turns white this weekend. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. The relentless rain of late will flip back to snow Saturday night and Sunday. Substantial accumulations possible in the southern Finger Lakes, Twin Tiers, and northern counties of Pennsylvania. Through Sunday, anywhere from one to three, maybe some isolated four-inch amounts from upstate New York, interior Pennsylvania on into New England. Today's show, meteorologist Al Roker, we do have flood warnings in effect today and tomorrow for Erie, Niagara, Monroe, and Cortland counties in western and central New York. Down to the wire. That's the other big story we're following today. The battle is on between the White House and the state of Texas. The Texas National Guard continues to construct razor wire along its border with Mexico, despite a ruling that gives federal agents the power to cut it down. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says national security has been endangered because of the policies of President Biden. This is not just a Texas issue now. It's a, it's a national issue. Long after Joe Biden is gone, we're going to be dealing with potential terrorist threats. Paxton says hundreds on the government's terror watch list are among the hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants who have disappeared in this country. Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Texas has a right as a state to stop criminals from coming into our state. Abbott says the Constitution guarantees a state's right to defend itself. The Biden administration is demanding that federal agents be granted full access to a 47-acre park in Eagle Pass, Texas, which is now occupied by the Texas National Guard. Donald Trump is calling on states to send National Guard troops to Texas to support Governor Abbott in his fight with the federal government. The state of Florida may act soon to make social media use illegal for anyone under the age of 16. Republican Representative Fiona McFarland. When it comes to social media, we are saying in the state of Florida that it is a harmful product. It is akin to a digital fentanyl uh, that we're going to restrict access to in the same way that we restrict access to tobacco, uh, to driving a car, to alcohol. But Democrat Ashley Gant is slamming the proposal. She argues the legislation not only violates free speech rights, it also takes away the rights of parents to make decisions for their children. The parents purchase the phones, the parents pay for the phones, and so the parents should have the ultimate decision-making ability to say what their children has access to and what they don't. The U.S. Surgeon General says children who spend more than three hours a day on social media face double the risk of mental health disorders. The Florida bill has already passed the state house, expected to be approved in the Senate as well. Governor Ron DeSantis says he'll sign it if it reaches his desk. Alabama has executed a condemned inmate with nitrogen gas, a first for capital punishment in this country. Kenneth Eugene Smith 
Smith survived a botched execution back in 2022, but he didn't this time. Time of death last night, 8.25 Central Standard Time. We struggled against the restraints a little bit, but there's some involuntary movement and some agonal breathing, so uh, that was all expected. The Corrections Commissioner after the execution, Smith's pastor, the Reverend Jeff Hood, had an altogether different take on that execution. And we also saw correction, correction officials in the room who were visibly surprised at how bad this thing went. Those who witnessed it say Smith appeared to hold his breath as long as he could. More from reporter Emily Aketa. The 58-year-old was convicted for the 1988 murder-for-hire killing of Elizabeth Sennett. He had been in prison for 35 years. The victim's family says they supported the decision to put to death that condemned killer. Colonel Smith made some bad decisions 35 years ago. And his death was paid tonight. Smith's last meal was a T-bone steak, hash browns, and eggs. His final words were, I'm leaving with love, peace, and light. Thank you for supporting me. Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets have been cleared for takeoff after being grounded for safety concerns. Now, the airlines say if you don't want to fly on a MAX 9, they will let you change your flight without an additional cost, uh, as they understand that there will be some people that uh, want to take a wait-and-see approach to this airplane. Correspondent Chris Van Cleve. Closing arguments are underway at the E. Jean Carroll defamation trial. The New York City office seeking more than $10 million from former President Trump, whom Carol accuses of assaulting her in a department store changing room 28 years ago. Trump says it never happened and took the stand in his own defense yesterday. I don't even know who this woman is. This is another scam. Correspondent Robert Costa. He believes that by being in the courtroom and especially by talking to the cameras afterward, he can make the courtroom part of the campaign trail and stoke the grievances of his own supporters, reminding them that he believes he's a victim of the political establishment, the legal establishment, and use all of that sentiment to fuel his campaign. The Biden administration continues to defend the president's age as an asset, not a liability, as he continues to make noticeable gaffes out on the campaign trail. He did so again yesterday in Wisconsin. And by the way, it used to make beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer here. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. Media critic Joe Concha explains why it's important to call this out. Seven in ten Americans, poll after poll shows that this president, they believe, does not have the mental capacity to do the job. This is the commander-in-chief, and this is him at 81. You want to picture him at 86? Because that's the age he's going to be if he wins re-election. In a recent interview with Axios, Biden denied that his childhood battle with stuttering is to blame for his recent verbal miscues. A 25-year-old professional dancer has died after eating a mislabeled cookie that contained peanuts. The British woman ate a Florentine wafer from a Stu Leonard's grocery store in Connecticut. That victim went into anaphylactic shock within a minute of biting into that cookie. Tomorrow is International Holocaust Remembrance Day, a time to reflect on the six million Jews exterminated by the Nazis during World War II. Holly Huffnagel at the 
American Jewish Committee says it is shocking how few people know about the history of the Holocaust. The younger generation, which we do know knows less about what happened, has grown up on social media, where unfortunately that's where we see the most Holocaust denial, Holocaust distortion, and anti-Semitism today. Saturday marks the 79th anniversary of the day that the Soviets liberated the notorious Auschwitz death camp, where more than one million Jews perished in Nazi-occupied Poland. Still to come on the Noon Report, water woes in western New York, energy on the ballot this year, and calls for Cornell's president to resign. Well, good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. The weekend is almost here, and it's going to turn wintry. We've got accumulating snow in the forecast for the second half of the week. Again, I'll have the detailed forecast coming up in 10 minutes. All right, stick around for that, folks. I know you want to hear what Kev has to say. In the meantime, let's check the headlines from New York and Pennsylvania. Flood warning in effect until tomorrow afternoon for the Irondequoit Creek in Monroe County, New York. Recent rain combined with melting snows led to localized flooding in places like Rochester, Brighton, Fairport, Penfield, and Irondequoit. A flood warning expires this afternoon. For Erie and Niagara counties in western New York, there's also a flood warning until tonight for Cortland County in central New York. A boil water advisory is in effect for the borough of Mansfield, Pennsylvania. Residents there have been directed to boil their water until further notice after a mechanical failure at the water treatment facility. New York Congressman Nick Langworthy is pushing back against new climate change regulations. He says the ban on gas stoves in new homes is ludicrous and dangerous. I want to stand in front of the snowbank to understand, you know, have people understand just how much winter weather impacts us here in western New York. And, and we were faced with a, a windstorm and then two back-to-back snowstorms. The congressman hosted a press conference yesterday where he blasted the energy policies of the Hochul administration. The importance of reliable energy during New York winters cannot be overstated. It saves lives. The Republican representative fears that New York's war on natural gas and love affair with electrification will backfire big time. My district sits on the Marcella Shale. I represent counties that have essentially the Saudi Arabia of natural gas underneath our feet. God gave us that, that energy in the ground and bureaucrats in Albany won't allow us to harness that gas. Langworthy adds that elections have consequences and energy is on the ballot in 2024. For the record, that congressman says he supports an all-of-the-above approach toward energy policy, plans that promote both renewable and traditional energy sources. The president of Cornell University is under the gun as alumni voice concern about indoctrination on campus. One alumni and retired trustee is demanding the dismissal of Cornell president Martha Pollack. That concerned grad says Pollack's misguided commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion has led to disgrace, he says, at the Ivy League school there in Ithaca, New York. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says hate crimes against Jews have spiked by 95% since the Hamas terror attack on Israel back in October. There are far more people people who are on the receiving end of this than the perpetrators. And in that there's a strength not to be victims, but to say that there are more of us than you. And if we band together, 
We can have an impact. The governor says her administration has taken steps to make it easier to prosecute hate crimes and has increased security at places of worship. A group of conservative Pennsylvania politicians has filed a lawsuit against President Biden and Governor Josh Shapiro over their use of executive authority when it comes to election matters. The Pennsylvania Freedom Caucus has asked the courts to halt activities authorized through executive orders that expand voter registration and outreach. They claim those orders are unconstitutional because they've removed guardrails that the legislators put in place to ensure election integrity. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is blasting his own party in an op-ed published in yesterday's edition of The Hill. Here's Family Life's Sarah Harnish. Cuomo said the Democratic strategy to secure the border had a, quote, lack of logic, practice practicality, sustainability, and fairness. Then turning to politics, he likened Joe Biden's campaign strategy to a failing NFL team. He said, you don't rely on the hope that the other team loses. Democrats are too reliant on Trump being unelectable rather than focusing on the positive case for their own victory. Rarely seen in public, Cuomo resigned from his position in 2021 after a series of sexual harassment allegations. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Thank you, Sarah. Pennsylvania farmland could soon be protected from foreign ownership under a bill being proposed in the state house. Currently, nearly half a million acres of farmland in the Commonwealth is foreign-owned. A lawsuit may jeopardize one Pennsylvania farm's ability to sell raw milk. Family Life's Brian Query explains. Pennsylvania's Attorney General and Department of Agriculture are suing a Lancaster County farm over the sale of raw milk. Miller's Organic Farm is accused of failing to obtain licenses and permits, selling illegal raw milk products and selling products outside of Pennsylvania, leading to a temporary injunction against the farm. Health departments in other states reported two E. coli illnesses suspected to be from raw milk or raw milk products from the farm, and recent samples from the farm collected by the Agriculture Department tested positive for listeria. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thank you, Brian. New nurses in Binghamton, New York, could soon receive a 50000 sign-on bonus from Guthrie. It's all part of a major nurse recruitment campaign at Lord's Hospital in Binghamton. Guthrie obtained Lord's back in June of 2023. A $50,000 sign-on bonus. And new data suggests hearing loss is a lot more common than you think. About 38 million Americans suffer from hearing loss, but here's the surprising part. According to a new study, hearing loss is more common in rural communities than big cities, mostly because a lot of jobs in these areas use loud machinery or because of popular activities like hunting. Monica Ricks with that report and hearing loss is more prevalent among men than women. Let's switch gears, talk sports next. It's the two-minute drill on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the Knicks winning streak is now up to five games after New York blew out the Denver Nuggets at the Garden last night, 122-84. OG Ananobi led the Knicks with 26 points, and Quentin Grimes came off the bench to score 19. 
In Brooklyn, the Nets came back from a 17-point deficit to tie the game with a minute to play, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. The T-Wolves eked out a 96-94 win. Joel Embiid scored 31 points. Tyrese Maxey had 22, but the Sixers could not get past the Pacers in Indy. 134-122 the final. That ends Philly's six-game winning streak. The Jazz knocked off the Wizards 123-108. Boston beat up on Miami 143-110. Golden State lost by a point to Sacramento 134-133. And the Lakers won a 141-132 decision over the Bulls. On the ice, the Montreal Canadiens snapped a three-game skid with a 4-3 victory over the Islanders. The Canadiens seized a 3-0 lead after the first period, but New York countered with three goals in the second by Bo Horvat, Matthew Barzal, and Kyle Palmieri. That evened things up, but then Sean Monahan scored his second goal of the evening, and that gave Montreal the 4-3 victory. The Red Wings shut out the Flyers 3-zip in Detroit. And down under at the Australian Open Tennis Championships, the defending champ is out. Novak Djokovic lost in four sets to Italian Yannick Sinner. Sinner will play in his first ever Grand Slam final. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy. Man, still to come on this Friday edition of the Noon Report. What's got Democrats obsessed with abortion? How much snow is on the way this weekend? And why it's okay to have fun at work today. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Sasha Bailey, son of a world-renowned photographer father and a fashion model mother, seemed to have it all, but instead, facing suicidal thoughts, recurring depression, and a difficult marriage, he became convinced he was a woman. All would be better, internet chat rooms assured, if he'd only transition to a woman. Sasha's vision, explained a recent article in the Daily Mail, was to become a real-life Barbie with pneumatic curves and long blonde hair. Well, today, Bailey regrets this flirtation with disaster, though he still wrongly thinks that some people may be born in the wrong body. He's now calling out the transgender industry for making false promises and the wider society for pressuring people into confusion. Bailey said, quote, It's almost like society has a gun to its head because if they're not supportive of it, the only choice is to be canceled. You're either for it or you're transphobic. There is no middle ground. He then continued, quote, I feel there's a huge problem with overdiagnosis of gender dysphoria. I think there are a lot of people who, like me, aren't actually trans. They're just unhappy. And transitioning is a way of making themselves into a new person, which they believe will fix everything, end quote. In the article, he also noted the hypocrisy of those who claim to stand against all gender stereotypes while also advancing and celebrating the really shallow transgender imitations of women. Rather than saving his life, Bailey now believes that his attempt to adopt a new sex was in reality just suicide with extra steps. Quote, transitioning was a way of killing myself without dying because I was so unhappy with my life. Well, Bailey's story reads like a checklist of many others who have undergone this same tragic journey and back again. There's the background of an affluent yet disordered family. There's ongoing relationship struggles. There's just the time and the place in which he lived, complete with the disembodied pressures of online communities, a far too brief medical consultation, just 10 minutes, before being given a prescription for hormones, and the complete ignoring of pre-existing comorbidities like depression. Bailey, too, enjoyed feelings of euphoria upon beginning treatment, but they soon passed, and in their place came a realization that he had embraced a false hope, 
and that the whole thing just failed to live up to the hype. Tragically today, an unfortunately large number of people in North America and Europe would just prefer that stories like his would never be shared. So wedded as they are to transgender ideology, they simply cannot bear the stories, anecdotes, and medical facts that so challenge their narrative. The growing number of apostates from their faith, people like Bailey and Chloe Cole, well, that just undercuts the entire belief system. Now, these people are helped by social media outlets that are committed to burying these stories and to the government agencies that are now even cracking down on dissenting voices, even criminalizing individuals and organizations who refuse to live by transgender lies. It's out of the dire need for the truth to be told that the Colson Center has collaborated with about 30 other like-minded organizations and experts to advance what is true about identity, about sexuality, about marriage and family, about male and female, about what it means to be human. The Identity Project is the most comprehensive library of resources now available. With hours of video teaching by counselors, theologians, medical professionals, those who have detransitioned, and many others, covering a wide set of issues appropriate for parents, for grandparents, for pastors, for teachers. To learn more about the Identity Project, go to identityproject.tv. That's identityproject.tv. Well, the more stories that come out like Sasha Bailey's, the easier it'll be for the rest of us to speak up. And the more the rest of us speak up, the easier it'll be for others to join us. And the more that others join us, well, the more we can prevent more victims of these terrible ideas. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Thank you very much, John. Outside we go next, meteorologist Kevin Williams. Here is your family light weather forecast. Our call for this afternoon, overcast and damp, spotty rain and drizzle, areas of fog. Temperatures will vary quite a bit from the 30s in Niagara to the 50s in eastern Pennsylvania. Tonight, cloudy, turning chillier, low temps 30s, high temps tomorrow, mid-30s to mid-40s. Rain will arrive in Pennsylvania tomorrow night, flip to snow, and then snow across the entire region on Sunday. Temperatures on Sunday peaking in the 30s. There'll be substantial accumulations over the higher elevations from the southern Finger Lakes into the northern tier counties of Pennsylvania. All right, Kevin, just when you thought winter was over. Nope. It's Friday, folks, the 26th of January, and this is the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Capital Connection. Fridays during the Noon Report, we give you direct connection to what's happening in Albany and Harrisburg with the experts on the issues at the state capitals. They are Jason McGuire with New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Well, Jason, uh, I want to start with you. The New York State Senate uh, took up legislation legislation this week, uh, uh, more abortion expansion legislation. You'd think we're back in the days of back alley abortions with uh, the focus of Albany lawmakers these days. But uh, what sorts of abortion protection efforts are they conjuring up now in Albany? Yeah, there's all sorts of things that are going on in the state capitol. I mean, this week we saw Planned Parenthood come down and have their uh, day of action in the well. Um, that entire event was actually live-streamed on the governor's website, the official state of New York website, hmm. which really demonstrates where our state is on the abortion issue. And the Senate couldn't resist. Um, there was abortion day in the capitol this week in the legislature as they passed a series of bills, uh, including uh, they're working towards that uh, free abortions for out-of-staters, a bill we've been talking about. Uh, 
So really, they want to see taxpayer funding of abortion for women who travel here from all over the country. Uh, there's a lot on the table here at the Empire State. Now, House Democrats in Harrisburg, Michael, this week introduced a bill that would roll back abortion clinic regulations that were enacted in the aftermath of the Dr. Kermit Gosnell House of Horrors story. I heard you tell a Harrisburg area TV reporter this week, Michael, that uh, before Gosnell, abortion clinics were less regulated than nail salons. Why are House Democrats doing this now? Well, you know, they just have completely forgotten or decided to ignore Kermit Gosnell and the reason those restrictions and regulations were put into place uh, because of the atrocities there. The reason they're pushing this is because uh, they see this as an issue that, number one, helps their friends at Planned Parenthood uh, to have no restrictions on abortion, abortions up until birth, and this kind of thing, which puts the health and safety of women at risk. We're going to oppose it with everything we've got. Yeah. Uh, Jason, the doctor-assisted suicide debate is front and center again in Albany. They're not calling that anymore, though. They're calling it medical aid in dying. It's been called other things before, but you have argued many times on this program that assisted suicide is suicide. They're pretty optimistic. I know uh, Assemblywoman Amy Paulin has been trying to get this past the finish line for a decade. Um, is this the year they do it? Well, every year about this time, we get optimistic words from legislators that are advocating for assisted suicide. And then we get to work once again, demonstrating that the votes simply are not there. There's somewhat of a sense in which they're trying to create momentum by being optimistic about the bill's passage. And I want to be real. It is getting more difficult every year. And uh, constituents in New York here need to engage and uh, get involved and, and fight this. Um, but the votes are not there yet. And we intend to keep it that way. Yeah, I want to bring this up with you as well, Michael, because New Jersey just recently enacted an assisted suicide law. That makes them the 10th state to permit uh, doctor-assisted suicide. Any appetite for that yet in Pennsylvania? I don't see it going anywhere. There's certainly forces within uh, especially the House of Representatives, a number of legislators that have been talking about it and proposing it, but with a Republican-controlled Senate and historically strong opposition to it, I don't see it getting legs in this session. Gotcha. Uh, Jason, there was a Siena poll out this week that gave Governor Hochul uh, her highest favorability numbers in nearly a year. But when you read the fine print, it's not all rosy for Governor Hochul. A plurality of voters still do not think her legislative agenda will make New York a better place to live. Why the disconnect? Well, I think voters are trying to send a message to the governor. When she came out of the gate this year and sought to moderate her messaging and her policy proposals, remember the state of the state and even the budget address uh, were much more in line with the reality of where we are as, as a budget right now and some of the needs facing the state. I think voters responded favorably to the fact that they didn't hear too much crazy coming out of the Capitol. Uh, that being said, I think long term, uh, here New Yorkers are still concerned about where the state is heading and they want to make sure that legislators and the governor are aware that they're not on board with everything they're trying to do. I want to talk about school choice, Michael. The governor will uh, talk about education spending in his big budget address on February 6th. Uh, he said last year he was for it, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. Where do you think he will stand this year when it comes to things like private school vouchers? Yeah, I don't think he's going to be proposing it in his budget address this time around, though he will be talking about education broadly. Uh, you know, when he first ran for office, he was a supporter of uh, school vouchers. He then 
negotiated it in last year's budget only to veto it when he ran into opposition from House Democrats. That same opposition exists this time around. The uh, appropriations chair of the Democrat House, Jordan Harris, doesn't have an appetite for school choice. So I don't think uh, Shapiro will be pushing it this time around. I want to bring up a couple issues with you, Jason. One has to do with social media use. The other, midwives. Nothing to do with each other, but they both were big stories this week. The governor continues to push for this uh, more regulation on how teens use social media. I know Florida is debating a bill like this that would basically ban social media for anyone under 16. Do you agree with something like that, or does that reach across the line of what you think is a violation of free speech in this country? Well, I think we have to be very careful anytime we see government seeking to restrict social media. That being said, it is clear that the algorithms by many of these social media companies are designed to get kids addicted to the kinds of things that social media is offering. Uh, study after study is starting to show more and more the depression, the anxiety, all of the things that come along with living in the social media world. So I think there is wisdom in trying to restrict how it impacts minors. Um, we should be careful in how we are uh, allowing government to impinge and to infringe on different platforms where free speech can be and should be celebrated. Yeah, I mentioned the midwives thing. There was a rally this week in Albany. Uh, a lot of folks might not even be familiar with what this is. What is a midwife anyway? And do you support their effort to be licensed professionals in the state of New York? Well, Bob, I think when it comes to the midwife situation, there's a little reaction to what's been happening out of some counties here in New York. Prosecution has occurred against midwives, and I think there are some that are trying to bring uh, their work and their industry in alignment with the state so they can avoid uh, that kind of uh, litigation and prosecution that may come. Women giving birth has been happening for a very, very long time, and if we can have something that uh, closer unites those midwives to then medical needs and women need it, I think that can be a positive thing. Gotcha. And finally, I want to talk about uh, Donald Trump. Trump for a little bit, Michael. Uh, Two for two so far in the nominating contest for president this year. Uh, Many say it's just a matter of time before he is the guy leading the Republican Party. Of course, he's going to be speaking next month in your state. Massive gun rights rally in Harrisburg. Something like 200,000 people attended that last year. Uh, If he is the standard bearer for the Republican Party in 2024, what does that do to some of those down ballot races in your state. A guy like uh, Dave McCormick, for instance, for U.S. Senate. So the event uh, where uh, President Trump is coming is the Great American Outdoor Show uh, here in Harrisburg, February 9th, which is the largest such show in the world, all kinds of outdoor uh, attractions, including the gun owners that will be rallying there as well. But uh, with regard to the impact on elections uh, down ballot, it remains to be seen. The, the big issue, especially is the Philadelphia collar counties, which had historically been Republican but are trending Democrat, have pretty much gone Democrat, and suburban voters in those places have typically not liked uh, Trump candidacy and have impacted uh, down ballot. Whether that happens this time around really depends on a whole lot of factors, including the importance of the economy uh, in the minds of voters this election. Yeah, going up against a guy like Bob Casey, not an easy task either in Pennsylvania. Hey, we've been a lot of places this week. If you want to learn more about that uh, assisted suicide bill in New York uh, and why New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms opposes it, Jason, what's your website, sir? AlbanyUpdate.com. And it is School Choice Week in Pennsylvania. Learn more about where the governor stands on this issue. Um, Michael, what's your website, sir? PAFamily.org.
right, gentlemen, thank you very much. The name of the program, Capital Connection. It comes your way Fridays during the Noon Report or online anytime at FamilyLife.org. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. The system that brought the rain last night departing now, but leaving rather gray, damp conditions that will carry us through the rest of the day. Our next weather maker is taking shape in the southern states. It's going to arrive here coinciding with colder air. That will mean accumulating snow for many of us come Sunday. Our call for this afternoon, overcast and damp, spotty rain and drizzle, areas of fog. Temperatures will vary quite a bit from the 30s in Niagara to the 50s in eastern Pennsylvania. Tonight, cloudy, turning chillier, a little drizzle, and then late tonight, could be a little spot of freezing drizzle or very light snow in some areas. Low temps, 30s, high temps tomorrow, mid-30s to mid-40s. Rain will arrive in Pennsylvania tomorrow night, flip to snow, and then snow across the entire region on Sunday. Temperatures on Sunday peaking in the 30s. Could be substantial accumulations over the higher elevations from the southern Finger Lakes and southern tier of New York into the northern tier counties of Pennsylvania. All right, substantial. What could that mean? Thank you, Kevin. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. And finally, from us at noon today, hey, today is National Have Fun at Work Day, don't you know? Correspondent Breed Tennis. The day was created to let your imagination lead the way. Host a trivia contest, video chat with your dog, take a proper coffee break. In general, try to work a spot of fun into your day while still accomplishing work. Biospace.com says stepping away from your desk even just for 10 minutes brings renewed insight and increased efficiency to your job and a lot less burnout. So make some room for some fun in the workday. I'm Bree Tennis. Every day's fun at workday for me. Thank you, Bree. And that's our world. The world we live in Friday, January 20. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.